Hi everyone and welcome back to the Last on Track podcast. With hey, me, we're back. I'm Rob. Hello, Elliot. I've stolen your intro. You have, you bastard. <laughs> Change it up. How are Mix you? Things, you know. I'm, I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. We've both been quite busy this week as well, haven't we? Yet again. We have social lives. It's incredible. Yeah, it's weird. Don't like it. No, we'll be back to normal, you know, in a two weeks. Yeah, we'll be fine. Well, it's uh, it was, uh, well, Monaco, wasn't it? One for the purists. Oh, yeah, definitely. Given that it now holds the record for the rec- for the least amount of overtakes in a race, I it's just yeah. I mean. It was a, I mean, the qualifying re- is quite hectic and great and everything like that, but, oh, my God, everything besides that. Well, like, that's Monaco all over, isn't it? Monaco all over. Should we talk yes. about that qualifying then? I mean, yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, where do we start? Well, I think we start with you having to eat some humble pie because Sebi Vet. Back on, back in the game, mate. Back in the game. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm oh, I don't really want to admit it, but yeah, he, he did all right, didn't he? He did very well. Did very well. But yeah, he's, you know, he's he's dragged a lot out of that car, to be honest. Just shows why he's won four world championships, mate. Just shows, still there. Well, yeah, he can do it over one lap, can't he? And where no one's able to overtake him. It's all, all through experience, mate. All through experience. True. I mean, Michael Schumacher managed to qualify on pole, didn't he, in that Mercedes? Not when it was... And it was definitely not the best. And that was all of experience, that, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Well, he set, set the fastest time, didn't he? And then they... Oh, yeah. Dropped him. I think he dropped down with, like, a gearbox change or something. But, yeah. Speaking of people dropping down from gearbox changes or in this case not dropping down from gearbox changes um leclerc banging mm. it on pole and then banging it into the wall let's be honest it wasn't even like a little close touch on the wall was it well it no was... it was it was inside clip out of swimming pool out of swimming pool i into... i'm not even going to call i'm not even going to call it a clip i'm going to call it a he totally effed it up and when <laughs> it didn't even, it wasn't even the side of the wheel like going into all. It was basically the front of the wheel. Yeah, he he, he, he properly bollocks out, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But then he also he, screwed it for Carlos. It was directly yeah. behind him. He was livid. Max absolutely hot, livid too. And Lewis might have been on a hot lap as well. Uh, Valtteri wasn't it? Bottas mm. Bottas was surprisingly quick around Monaco, I'd say. Yeah, and so all of them were very, very unhappy, it's fair to say. Well, I mean, some were unhappy because of that. Some, however, were just not at their number one best, were they, Mr Lewis? Ah, uh, yes. It was a um, a strange week for him, really, wasn't it? He just seemed to sort of be nowhere all weekend, just sort of like not even there or thereabouts. He was just sort of like in the background, sort of like, oh, I, I, I'm still here. 
because everyone was uh, too busy focusing on the fact that Ferrari were going at a ridiculous uh, pace round for the whole weekend. Yeah, I mean, we did predict it, didn't we? Having seen Thursday. Yeah, I mean, the rise of Ferrari. I do hope it carries on. I really do. Yeah, it'll be nice. I want a load of teams fighting for this championship. I, I don't want... I don't want it to be just a, a battle between two drivers from the same team. I love the fact that there's the potential next year for a Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, Red Bull fight for all of these. If uh, if McLaren and uh, Ferrari continue to um, improve. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, regulation change is always going to throw stuff up in the air. Oh, absolutely. We love a regulation change just to... Uh, just to mix things up. Bit. Yeah. Can't beat it, can you? Not really. You know what else you can't beat? That McLaren livery. Oh, oh. my word. Oh, God. So uh, it just, it's just the more you watched it, the better it got. Well, it definitely was when you, if you were watching Lando. I mean... Because oh. he was quick. He was quick and he was consistent and he was perfect. Perfect for P3. Yeah, a lovely. Uh, he was. He was so. I mean, obviously Monaco's close, all all the way through. But he put in an absolute stormer of a lap. Like he was three tenths up on Gasly behind him, and he was only a couple of thousands away from like even getting into the second row. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to win a race this year, one hundred percent, with without oh, doubt. I'd be surprised if he didn't, without doubt. Danny Rick, however, not quite running those streets, was he? No, it's um, he seems he's struggling quite a bit, isn't he, at the moment? He's just, it, it, it's hard to see, isn't it? That he's um, wherever he seems to go, he just sort of seems to be not the number one. Mm. And I'm not, he is good enough to be a number one driver, but he just sort of, I don't know. It's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, well, Lando backs him. Lando still backs him. He he said he was saying in like the interviews and stuff that he is quick and he knows that he's quick and he's seen that he's quick and that we've seen that he's quick as well. And it's just a matter of time for him to click into it. And it's Monaco, so it's the hardest place. And if you're not comfortable with a car, you're not going to have a good weekend at all. Yeah, if if you're not. You're not feeling it. The same. It was the same with Lewis, wasn't it? He just wasn't feeling the car. Well, exactly. This week, weekend, and I mean, yeah. If it on, I think you can get away with it sometimes on some circuits, can't you? If you've got the natural talent, you can sort of claw your way back. But if you lose like a couple of tenths in Monaco, that's you finished basically. There's yeah. no coming back for it. There's not. Monaco is one of those strange tracks where there isn't actually any section where you can gain time. It's just every section is trying to lose the least time. Yeah, exactly. I think maybe the only place you can gain time is going through the swimming pool section. Yeah. Possibly. If you hit that chicane right, you could probably gain a couple of tenths. But yeah, all of the action happens on Saturday, basically. And then you go to Sunday and, um, well, well, it all happened right at the start of the race, didn't it? All the action. Well, yeah. So yep. Ferrari, we mentioned it briefly, Ferrari gambled on not cha- not taking the five-place gearbox penalty so Leclerc could start on pole. 
and then on his formation, not even on the formation lap, on the out lap to the get to the grid, the car was just not working. Yeah, they they didn't really know what it was to start with, but it was later revealed that it was the left drivetrain, which I didn't even realise they had two drivetrains for left and right, which was news. Yeah, that was used to uh, be. Well, the, the thing is, the left drivetrain. It's quite it's surprising that it was the left one, seen as it was the right hand side that took the most damage yeah. from the crash. So maybe it's that they changed all of the right side of bits, but they left. They kept the left side of bits as they were because they thought it'd be okay. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, they not spotted like a little crack or anything like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it's meant. So Leclerc still has never finished his home Grand Prix. We we didn't even start this one. So even, it doesn't yeah, even exactly. count. Oh dear. You gotta feel a bit sorry. All his all his friends are there, like all his neighbours, they're all wanting to support him and doesn't even make it to the start. You've got to feel a bit of sympathy for the kid, don't you? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's worse, not starting or still technically being in your pit stop three days later. <laughs> and a very I I has has this ever happened before? I mean I know it's happened where the the guns have failed, but has one ever as a as a wheel nut ever sheared like that? I don't think so. Absolutely ridiculous. Like the gun's gone on, they've turned it, and some of the nut has turned and some of the nut has not turned. And it they had to send the entire was it the entire car back to the factory to get it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they sent it all the way back. Did you see that bloody bloody Toto was trying to blame Valtteri Bottas for that being like his fault because he Did he? yeah he said well Valtteri was a little too far forward so the wheel so the gun had to go on at an angle and therefore not grip. I was like um sorry can he not just change the angle of the gun with his you know hands that he has dexterity to use is that yeah, not possible. I mean... It yeah, just that's, uh, that's, it just shows that he doesn't. I still think that's just another. It's more conspiracy to sack him at the end of the year. You heard it here first. The conspiracy grows. I mean, I've been saying it for ages, haven't I? Yeah, that is true. The conspiracy continues against Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's looking less and less likely that he's going to be at Mercedes next year. I think as the season goes on. Hmm. And some of it's bad luck, like, I mean, we saw it in Baku a couple of years ago, which is where we're going next, this weekend, um, when he got that puncture down the... Um, down the main straight with what was like three laps to go, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty poor, that, yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's not had great luck, but at the same time, when he has been in the position to take advantage, he hasn't really taken advantage, has he? Definitely not. And I think he, he, I don't, I just don't think he's got that ruthless side that you need. He's a very level, sort of level-headed character, which is good, but he just doesn't seem to have that killer instinct that I think you all, that all F1 drivers need. Like he's got to put himself first. I think it's easy to say, but if you've got like a not Lewis Hamilton as your teammate. 
yeah I, I mean that is true like it, it's hard to look it's hard to look good when if you're being con- like almost consistently outperformed like I'm not questioning that Valtteri is a great driver because he is a great driver but I think he wouldn't have that seat would he if he wasn't no but being in a team with Lewis it makes ev- everyone look a bit what's the word I'm looking for uh, irrelevant yeah I think that's probably fair yeah, well, you so mentioned, well, you've mentioned Baku. Shall we jump into it then? Oh, go on then. Let's jump into it. We uh, have a, a two a two kilometer straight. Is it the, the um? I think so. Yes, I think it's something like two kilometers. Yeah. What a re- and and honestly, you you, st- you don't start the DRS zone until you're about what. A kilometer down it it's about yeah it's about you halfway got, down isn't it yeah you've got you get some you get some sometimes you get overtakes which happen before you've even got to the drs zone and then you get the drs zone on top of that afterwards when you've already gone past them to just go bye yes yeah, see, see you later com- completely leave them in the dust yeah but we also do have the one of the tightest corners on the calendar which has given us some great meme content from Charles. Um, I am yes. stupid. We He's love brilliant. we love turn eight. It is if you lock up ever so slightly, if you late break yourself, anything like that, you've got one of two options. You either go down the escape road and then have to and it's too tight to um turn around, so you've got to sort of reverse. find reverse, yeah. Yeah, hit hit reverse and then um and basically hope that no one's coming down the straight behind you. Or you can do what Charles did a few years ago and try and make it round the corner and inevitably go straight into the wall. I think that it's going to give us a lot of fun things to see. I think there is a almost 85% chance that there will be a safety car caused by that corner. I think there's a 85% chance that that crash will be caused by a rookie. I, I was going to say that. Do you want to make it interesting and see which rookie is going to go into it first, if at all? Uh, I'm going Yuki first. Oh, I was going to say Yuki. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's annoying. Um, oh, who can I go? I'd see, it's I not going to be big. It's not big. It, it I won't don't, be big. I didn't want to be like the obvious... Obvious one and go for Mazepin, but at the same time... Well, to be fair to Mazepin, it didn't crash this uh, in Monaco this week. He didn't, and which Mick is did. un- unbelievably surprising, considering how tight it is. I know. But, yeah, um, did Mick crash twice? Yeah, FP3, he, he crashed, didn't he? He crashed in FP3, um, but I, f- I feel like he crashed at another point as well. Mm. He, maybe I'm just... No, I don't think so. No, I might be just making this up, but um, they were lapped by everybody, and I mean everybody, including Latifi, lapped them. They finished three laps behind everybody else, and then Williams up was one lap behind. So that's bad. It is. Well, to be fair, it was the worst. The fact that Yuki finished behind both the Williams. Uh, yeah. But again, it was always going to be those three were going to be last, to be honest. Yuki's never hard. raced around Monaco before. 
And to be fair, neither has Latifi in F1. But Did he not race there last year? There was no race in Monaco last year, was there? Oh, yeah, there wasn't, was there? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so for uh, the, the final four being those four was yeah. not a great surprise to me. No, no, you sort of would expect it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Baku gives us some interesting interesting things. It always chucks out a good surprise. Yeah, there's there's always some crazy little thing. Um, was it uh, Checo got on the podium? Yeah, 2016. And then yeah. uh, Stroll got on it in 2017. It was, I think that was the last time Williams were on the podium, was that yeah, race. Yeah. Lance Stroll. And he was, he near, it was a photo finish between him and uh, Valtteri. That yeah, year, it was, it? They, yeah. They were right on top of each other. It was pretty close, I think. Did he get third and nearly got second? or? Uh, he, uh, Stroll was going to finish second and then Bottas caught him just on the line to yeah. take it from him. Oh, gutted. But we've also seen, you know, Danny, Rick and Max, that famous crash to take them both out of the race at turn one. When Ricardo just just didn't pull out from behind him. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. And it's not the first time we've seen two Red Bulls go into each other, is it? Well, no, but that was that was Seb and Mark Webber, wasn't it? Turkey, 2011. Yeah. yeah. Crazy times. Drama, you do drama. sort of. It is, it is so funny when teammates crash into each other, isn't it? Yeah, it is a I bit think... embarrassing, really, isn't it? I think it's the right word. Yeah, I mean, for a team principal, you imagine seeing that and just thinking, I am now going to go and shout at a lot of people. Yeah. Well, we've seen it so many times, like, even like the even the best drop, like, of F1 do it. Because Button and Hamilton came together in that famous... Canadian Grand Prix in 2011. They did. We've also seen Hamilton crash into Rosberg. Well, no, sorry. Well, I mean, technically Hamilton did crash into Rosberg. Rosberg forced him onto the grass first. Yeah. Um, we've had Weber and Vettel crash into each other. We've had uh, Hamilton and Rosberg went in, into each other again in Spa. Yeah. I th- and then I think the most famous one, probably... Senna and Prost. Senna and Prost. Suzuka. Prost deliberately crashing into Senna so Senna couldn't finish ahead of him so he could win the uh, championship. Didn't work. But then uh, because, you know, Mr Prost was more friendly with those in charge, managed to get Senna disqualified for not not doing the full race distance because he didn't go around the chicane but went down the escape road. Yep, absolutely bonkers that, wasn't it? Well, you know, that was F1 in the 80s, my friend. Yep, it was all all political. It's totally different now. There's not a single bit of politicalness in no, F1 no. anymore. No, 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 definitely not. No, no, no. no. We won't talk about flexi wings. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you've mentioned it now, so we should have a little... Yeah, no, we should talk about it now, yes, yes. The most recent revelation. Is it revelation? I don't know. Um, Revelation. Well, Mercedes have cried to the FIA because uh, Red Bull have been using what they've called a flexi wing, where 
when the car is in motion, the wing moves around a little bit and reduces the drag so they can go faster in a straight line. Which, if you think about it, sounds very much like what the Mercedes did uh, with their front tyres, but doing it at the opposite end of the car. It is a little bit like that, yes. Yeah, so Mercedes' whole... Um, oh, what did they even call it? I can't remember what they called what, it now. DAS? DAS, that's the one. Dual axis steering. Yeah, so they were able to change the angle of the front wheels in order to get less drag on the straights, but more grip in the corners. That's essentially what Red Bull are doing with their flexible wing, but Mercedes are saying, that's not fair because we didn't think about it. Well, that's all so. F1 do. That's all that F1 do, don't they? It's sort of the start of the, this, this year with McLaren's uh, diffuser plates because they've attached them to a slightly different place on the on the chassis and it's uh and it's worked and they're allowed to keep it because it's on a different bit and all the teams have gone yet yeah, fair dues we'll give you this one sometimes i just wish that they'd just not be so it's very micromanagey isn't it you just kind of want them to just for once be like okay they've come up with something ingenious fair enough we'll do something similar in the winter like we'll come up with something like rather than like straight away seeing something and going huh we haven't got that on our car therefore we shall report it to the stewards and we will keep reporting it until they basically ban it which they do with pretty much every sort of development that any team comes up with immediately gets banned so they can use it for the full and it's weird because it's like they can use it for the full season and it won't it'll be it won't affect the results at all but then it doesn't give enough time for the other teams to develop their own version of it because by the time it gets to the next season they've banned it for the next season so it can only be used for a couple of months yeah but would you say that's fair for what happened to uh, ferrari in 2019 with their definitely cheating uh, fuel flow measurements to increase okay. power. I mean, that's slightly... That's what Red Bull did. They, they were like, we think this is what they're doing, so let's design some things and then ask the FIA, hey, if we put this on the car, do you think this is okay? Yes or no? And the FIA Because that was like... definitely what Ferrari had. Yeah, the F- the FIA were like, absolutely not, that's not okay. And they were like, oh, yes, but by the way, just let you know, Ferrari have got this, so if we can't have it, you should probably ban it off them as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were crap last year. Yeah. I mean, it, it took a lot of horsepower out of their car, didn't it? It very much did. Very much did. What's been your favourite ever, like, update, like, design on a car? Probably the double diffuser on the Braun car, I think, because uh, they designed it so well that it worked as part of their aerodynamics and teams like Red Bull and McLaren tried to do it and they couldn't get it to work at all. So and Braun were really smug about the fact that nobody else could get it to work. So probably that one, I think. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good shout, that. Although I did like Das. I thought Das was quite clever. I, I, I enjoyed Das quite a lot. 
It's, it was very video gamey sort of thing, like yeah. pull back the steering wheel and see what happens, how the car changes, sort of thing. Like yeah, you, like it was very Bondy, and like you know, if you pull back the steering wheel on Bond's car, it goes into submarine mode, sort of yeah. thing. That, that sort of that sort of thing. Yeah, I like that. Or the, uh, do you remember the uh, the F duct on the McLaren twenty ten or twenty ten car? You know, that little hole the air went into, and it basically somehow sped up the car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's there's been some really crazy ones. Like remember the um the probably the great, most famous ever design is the skirts on that Lotus. Yeah, where they had the um, so the metal these metal skirts that drop down from the side of the car, they basically created a vacuum underneath the car, and it sucked the car onto the track so well that you basically didn't need any other aerodynamics. Like you could literally just put as much power in the car as you wanted, and it didn't matter because it just it was like super glued to the track. For the entire time. What about the fan car? Oh God! It sucked. Yeah. It basically caused a vacuum, but with a with a fan, didn't it? Yeah. But, but the the and the only reason it was banned was because it would was shooting stones at drivers behind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sort of, <laughs> sort of fair. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fair enough point. Um, what about the um? Oh God, I can't even remember what car it was. The famous six wheeler. Oh, Tyrrell, Tyrrell six-wheeler, yeah. Yeah. Still we, looks we cool. Love... Still looks cool. Still, I still rate that. I really wish that some, that had been, like, a quicker way. I know it wasn't. Like, I think they had time. a design, I think they had a design for it where it was just two at the front and four at the back. So it was, like, all of the power went through four wheels instead of two. And that was better, um, like, give better traction, like, better to put the power onto the road because it was through four wheels rather than two. So it was like technically four-wheel drive. Yeah, even though it was it was a four-wheel, a four-wheel rear-wheel drive. Yeah. Right, remember a couple of years, remember when the whole weird nose cone situation a few years ago? Yeah, where they looked like um, Squidward's nose. Yeah, and all the different all the different cars had different nose cones and stuff like that. And like the Ferraris looked like um, an old fashioned sort of like vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Sort yeah. of thing. Oh god. I see that that's was not I a liked. good I, that was not a good era for looking at F1 cars, was it? No, they they were really ugly, but I also liked the fact that all of the cars looked ever so slightly different. Whereas now like yeah. the, the 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 changes are so small that they like point them out to you. And I'm looking at the like looking at a picture going, this is this car and this is this car and Look how different they are, and I'm sort of like looking at it, just thinking, "You look exactly the same yes. to me." I yes. really the paint's really different. Can't. It's a different livery. Yes, I can see. <laughs> I noticed that one car is orange and one car is blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I preferred it when like there was like a massive, like ridiculous. Oh my god, I've just thought of one. Remember with the like, it was like the spoiler on the front as well as the back. It was held up oh, by what, like, scaffolding. The... Oh, back in the 60s when they first sort of working out aerodynamic wings. Yeah, and they yeah. just decided more wing uh, more wings equals better. <laughs> more wings 
does equal better, Elliot. Have you not seen all of F1 cars now? They've got all sorts of little bits of carbon fibre sticking off them. Basically Honestly. wings, aren't they? And every single one of them, as soon as like they get any sort of contact or run over a little bit of bumpy road, they fall off and it's like £50,000 worth of damage on the car to replace it. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And it's it also a safety car and potentially red flag, depending on what track it is. Oh, yeah, and someone gets a puncture and all that, and oh, it's... Oh, what a nightmare. All, all this sharp carbon fibre around. Well, on the slight discussion about flags, there's been a lot of uh, chat about qualifying recently, and F1's possible shift towards a similar style of penalty that you see in the IndyCar series. Ah, uh, yes. Do you want to tell our dear listeners what this is? Yeah, so um, basically uh, it has happened on a couple of occasions and usually around Monaco. Uh, obviously it happened uh, this uh, this most uh, recent race. Um, it happened a few years ago as well where um, Nico Rosberg ran wide we're gonna say rat sort of ran wide slash outbraked himself and had to dive down an escape road and because of that the red flags had to be brought out and it meant no one could improve their times um for q3 and the people that both crashed in uh, well both crashed or ran wide in those uh two races ended up on pole position funnily enough well schumacher did also park his car at Ruskas, but he was penalized for that he was, yes, but the last, uh, yes, the last couple haven't been. But basically, what the issue is, is that uh, they're trying to, well, they're basically saying that if you do that, if you crash in Q3 or whatever, if you bring out the red flags in qualifying, your time gets deleted and you'll start at the bottom of whichever qualifying session you were in. So, well, it's the, the, delete the fastest two two times, isn't it? Delete the fastest two times, and that uh, from your in IndyCar, it's that segment of qualifying, and then you can't do any more qualifying after that as well. Yeah, so there's been a and they haven't quite confirmed the details for F1, but they I think what the idea for F1 is that they'll delete their fastest time and put them to whatever the their like the next fastest time of that qualifying session is which could be very bad if you've had a bit of a shocker the first like the first lap i don't think it's a good rule i think it, it only applies for monaco it's literally the only place it applies to because it's the most likely one to have a red flag in qualifying I mean, and it's it could... never anybody's fault it's just an accident that happens like if, if someone's going to crash on purpose then we go back to bloody Singapore 2009 or whatever it was, Nelson Piquet Jr. It's just, it's just not a thing. I think it, it, it's a bad rule for F1 because the tracks don't, they all differ slightly and it's really hard to bring out those, the yellow and red flags. It's only been talked about because it was Monaco and because it, happens to be the pole sitter that caused it well there is argument that it could happen at the other street circuits like it could happen at singapore it could happen at baku 
anywhere where there's like a runoff road where if someone ran wide, like they could crash, um, could be crashed into. So like if that escape road just at turn eight, if someone runs down there, they sort of have to yellow flag or red flag the race because if someone else were to run down there and crash into the back of the car, it's a safety concern. Same with Singapore, because obviously being, I think it's it is just a street circuit sort of thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. So if if you put it in for just street circuits, then it's not consistent across the whole thing. So I, you shouldn't put it in full stop. I don't think. I don't think they will. I think people in F one would probably go, yeah, no, nah, this is not a good idea. This doesn't work. It's fine for oval racing, fine because you know they're lap times are a lot more consistent because it is a spec series yeah but i don't think it would work for f1 i think what it'll do it'll get put to a vote and not all the teams will agree and therefore it'll get binned yeah i hope so what are your predictions for baku other than the yuki crush at castle uh, I, <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, Aston Martin double points this week. Interesting, I and think, they did get a double point score last week. So yeah, I think Seville feel the confidence. I think you know Lance Stroll's done well historically around this track, so I think you know it's a solid, solid double points for them. I think. Do you know what I'm gonna do? Go on. I'm going to back my boy George. Go on. Because, let's be honest, Williams are, Williams are fast in a straight line. There's no doubt about that. Their issue is in the slow sections. Yeah. They can make up a lot of time on that two kilometres straight. And there's quite a few um, long straights in Baku. Yeah. So my theory is that um, George could uh, could potentially get some uh, get some solid well, not solid, but I reckon he could squeeze a tenth out there, to be honest. Yeah, okay, okay. I will see your George, and I'll say, I'll I'll say that Latifi will do pretty good in this one as well. I think he. I don't. I'm not sure if he'll get out of Q1. He might do because he's been quite good around Baku in the lower formulas, Formula Two. They've been pumping out a lot of stuff on their social media this week of uh, George, Lando and Nicholas fighting, going three three wide into turn one. So, yeah, so I, I saw that. The, re- the record amount of points scored in a single season in F2 is held by George Russell. And it, it's quite significantly hard. Be, and ironically, Lando Norris has the, has a, the like fourth or fifth highest record. But he didn't win. He's the only one in the top like five or six on that record that doesn't didn't win the championship that year. And the reason he didn't win the championship was because George Russell won the championship. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, those two were winning everything that season. Yeah. Like, and they just absolutely dominated it. But yeah, and the other names on that list are yeah Latifi, uh, Schumacher, Leclerc, Alex Albon. Nick DeVries as well. Nick Don't forget DeVries, him. He's, he's the uh, F Formula E driver, isn't he? Yeah, for Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. So that there's, they've gone on to do uh, big things. Those drivers. Go on, give us, give me your top three. 
Okay. I'm going Max to win. Yep. I think I think Lewis will bounce back and come second. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm gonna be boring. I think Valtteri's gonna get third, but I want it I want it to be Lando, but I think Valtteri will get third. Okay. I'm going Hamver per Checo. Boy Checo's gonna come third. Ooh, Boy Checo. Boy Checo. To be fair, he came, he did some I think he's the only person that did any overtaking this weekend, isn't he? Technically. Through pit stops. Yeah. Well, yeah, he came from ninth to ninth to fourth, which is pretty pretty damn decent. Elliot, we've not talked about the fact that the only on-track overtake, only bit of on-track action, has created one of the best memes of all time. I how have we only just what, spoken about this? How have we only just worked this out? How oh, have we on, only remembered on, this? Tell, tell us about it. Tell us about it. So as Sebastian Vettel was coming out of the pits to take fifth, jumping both Pierre Gasly and Lewis Hamilton, Vettel and Gasly are running up the hill side by side as it gets to, oh, what's the name of the corner? I can't think of the name of the corner. It's technically like the fourth turn on the track because up the hill isn't straight. Yeah. And as it gets to that point, the independent race director cuts to Lance Stroll as he doesn't quite go through the chicane leading up to Raskas properly. And, oh, my word. The memes. The memes. I've seen it on everything. I've seen it on penalty shootouts. I've seen it on, like, TV, like, suspense scenes in TV. I've seen it on everything. I've seen it where they announce the winners of the Olympics and then skip to Lance Stroll going over. (laughs) Oh, God. Obviously, yeah. X Factor. It applies to it applies X to Factor. So I've seen it on. Oh uh, yeah, poor Lance. They've I done mean, him dirty. They've done him dirty like that. They, yeah, it's not it's, Lance's fault. But like, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. It happens quite a lot where the TV directors are just thinking, "Oh, we need to change away from this," and but. I mean that that is ridiculous. Nothing well, had happened in that up until that moment in the Grand Prix, pretty much. Well, it doesn't help that Monaco is now the only race on the calendar that isn't isn't directed by F1 themselves. It's an independent company for some reason. And that company clearly just wanted to deprive everyone of any fun this weekend, any yep. sort of action. And even when they were doing replays of it, they'd only give, they wouldn't show the full thing. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. They've really, they've really messed it up there, haven't they? Ridiculous. Absolutely stupid. Anyway, give me another Baku prediction. Oh, Baku prediction. Um, I'm trying to think who's got some decent pace, which teams have got like good speed. Ferrari, what do you reckon for Ferrari? See, I'm not going to back Ferrari this week. Are you not? 
I, I, I'm, I mean, I'll back them to get solid points, but I don't think I'm going to back them to, you know, like challenge for a podium. I think, I think they don't quite. I think what they've got really good cornering and and like downforce, and that's why they did so well in Monaco. They've got good a good chassis and good control. But I just don't think they've quite got the straight line speeds to be able to keep up with McLaren, Mercedes, and Red Bull. That's fair. And I think I think that's what's going to be the the decider. Yeah, I wrote that. I'm going to say Danny Rick's going to have a much better week. It's hard for him to have a worse week, isn't it? Well, he could not start. He could not start. He could not fin- He could not start and could not finish. <laughs> not sure how that's possible, but yeah, I think I think he'll be top. Six this week. Top six. Ooh, yeah. Bob, oh, big, big improvement yeah. then. Top six. To be fair, he he's he's consistently besides um besides this week um he has quite consistently qualified ahead of Lando. Yeah, I th- he, I think I think he's just you know Monaco is just like the the hardest place to drive. So if and if you're not hundred percent in the car, then you then you're a bit scuppered, aren't you? But I think Baku's a bit, as much as it is a street circuit, it is, you know, wider. There is a bit more room for you to, you can sort of make a mistake and not be entirely crucified. You know, only only the three quarters crucified. So it's only you, you ha- one hand, but still both your feet. <laughs> one hand. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I th- yeah, I think you'll have a better week. Or at least, you know, you'll be able to give it the full beans down into the first corner, so... Oh, yeah, I can't wait for him to late break everyone. He did that... Was it that triple overtake he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, three into one corner, yeah. That was a fantastic overtake, that. He just gained so many positions. Beautiful that's the stuff. Danny Rick we want to see. That is, that's exactly what we want to see. We want him going up. We want him late breaking everyone, and we want him to shout "fuck shit up" while he does it. Yeah. Oh, damn it, Ellie! I've got to put a bloody explicit warning on now. You had to do it from the. You literally started it off with an explicit. The first sentence you said had an explicit in it. Shut up, all right. I do the editing. I'll edit what I like. <laughs> He'll edit it to make you look better. No, I'd never do that. No, no. <laughs> Take out all of your long pauses, but leave all of mine in. Don't know what you mean. I speak perfectly fluently. Thank you. <laughs> Slander and lies, all slander <laughs> and lies. <laughs> uh, anything else for this week, Elliot? No, I. I mean, oh, um, if you, if you, the first corner into Baku. If you don't know, um, when it's you know a normal road. It's actually about 10 or 11 lanes across and then it merges into like a three lane, um, sort of a three lane corner. But it, it, it merges like about maybe 20, 30 metres just before the corner. So you have 11 lanes worth of cars all trying to fit into three lanes in the space of about 20 metres with a sharp 90 degree bend. Utter chaos. Utter chaos. Absolutely love it. And then they just randomly, halfway through the year, close that road, build a massive grandstand on it. Love it. Chaos. Fantastic. Utter chaos. We love to see it. We love to see it.
Right, well, that's all from us this week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Last on Track Pod. Anything, anything that you want to hear from the listeners, Elliot? Oh, oh. Um, I mean, shall we carry on and let them tell us some of their favorite, um, their favorite, like not inventions, updates on cars? Yeah. If we've missed out any. Yeah. Uh. Well, that's it. Podcast done. Bye for now. Bye for now. Ha, you didn't get to say goodbye, Elliot. Say bye, Rob. Say bye, Rob. Bye.